Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. friend welcome back to the club I have a message for you on this beautiful Easter Sunday he is risen our Lord has risen even if you're not listening to this podcast episode around Easter this message is true and it's for you right here right now he is risen the Lord has risen indeed You know, Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. It is one of my favorite scripture verses. I think so many people equate the resurrection of Jesus, this miracle, this gift of salvation and eternal life as something for later. Like you don't get your gift till you die, till you go to heaven. I think so many Christians just miss out on the abundant life that we're given right now by being able to have a relationship with God while we live our earthly lives. The gift of abundant life means right here, right now, on earth as it is in heaven. And it's one of the major reasons I feel led to teach about health. And it's not necessarily just about like food and health itself. It's because it's hard to live in that abundant life that Jesus came to give us without your health. It's hard to function as big, bright, beautiful you, to live out fully your God-given gifts and your purpose when you're exhausted, when you have migraines, when you haven't pooped in three days, or conversely, when you can't leave the pot because you're having diarrhea all day long, or when your joints ache so your joints ache so bad that you can hardly move, or when you feel disgusting in your body because you have an embarrassing or painful skin condition, or you're overweight and you're just so uncomfortable in your skin. And there's two parts to this. You know, it's like the actual pain of what you're feeling, these pain points you feel in your head or your stomach or your joints or your skin. But it's also all of the thought energy that goes into it. I mean, if you're having diarrhea all day long, you're constantly making a strategic toilet plan. And I know it sounds funny, but it's not if you have IBS and you're living it. If you have ginormous cystic acne, you're probably self-conscious of it all day long. If you're overweight, you might be constantly thinking about losing weight and what diet you should do. If you're exhausted, you're thinking about bed all day long. Been there, done that. I mean, you could spend half your life, and maybe you do, thinking about your health issues. Does this sound like abundant life to you? It doesn't to me, and let me tell you, I know all about it firsthand experience. But many of us accept this. We accept these conditions that we have in our life as normal as our cross to bear, as something we have no control over because it's in our genetics. And that 
was totally me. If you haven't read my blog post called Sexy Confident Christian, I totally spill the beans about my issues. <laughs> and I thought they were all normal. I thought constipation and headaches were just normal because it's what runs in my family. I thought I was destined to live with this horrible skin condition called hydrogenitis superativa, and it's so embarrassing and can be debilitating. And it's genetically passed down on my dad's side of the family. And I just thought, well, I'm screwed. I mean, my people, we don't poop and we have bad skin. That's just who we are. And y'all, I mean, I used to be so exhausted all of the time. I couldn't make it through the day without a nap. At my very first, what I call my big girl job out of college, <laughs> I was a corporate recruiter. And I was hired um, basically right out of college. I had this huge office and big windows that overlooked the city of Houston. I mean, I was like, I thought I was living the big time, right? But y'all, I used to lock my office door and take a nap every single day after lunch. I was like 22 years old. I mean, this is 10 years before I even had kids. And speaking of kids, when I was ready to have kids, I was told I had quote unquote, unexplained infertility and would have to do fertility treatments to get pregnant. I am very sad to say that not one doctor, not one ever asked me about my diet, the very foundation of what makes up my body. And you know, throughout all of those years, it didn't occur to me either. But ultimately, it was food that turned out to be the link to all of my problems the gut issues, the skin, the exhaustion, the infertility, it all boiled down to what I was putting into my body and what I was not putting into my body. Guess what? Your body is hesitant to carry a baby when it doesn't feel like it has enough nutrients to actually grow a person. I mean, it's kind of a big deal to grow bones and brains and you need a lot of good material for that. And I didn't have it. Once I did, my body was like, all right, let's grow us a baby. In fact, I grew three babies without doing fertility treatments. And y'all, I'm not saying anything against fertility treatments. They can be an incredible blessing. I'm just saying doctors are quite often quick to pull the trigger when some seriously foundational things like diet have not even been addressed. I know someone who struggled to get pregnant and finally conceived after going on a ketogenic diet. You know why? because fats are one of the most important components of building a brain, of building cell membranes. I mean, a low fat diet is not conducive to growing a person. So it was actually the infertility, which is what finally made me desperate enough to change my diet. I was like, I'll try anything. And just as a side note, I would have actually gone through with the fertility treatments, except that my husband was not having that. He was not on board. And I'm not going to lie, that was tough. Um, that was a major problema <laughs> at the time. I felt like he was blocking our only chance of having a baby, and I seriously resented him for it. Um, Y'all are going to die when you hear what he said at that time. He was like... There is nothing wrong with you. I see this happen all the time with the cows. Sometimes these things just don't take and you have to give it a while. I, I'm serious, y'all. He was comparing me to his cows. Like he was observing the reproductive habits of his livestock and comparing me to the cows that it just wasn't taking. Oh my gosh. You can imagine that's not what I wanted to hear. But 
ultimately his refusal to do fertility treatments turned out to be a blessing because it made me seek alternatives. And the alternative was going to a functional medicine doctor who what? Told me to change my diet and he gave me some supplements so that I could build up some of the lacking nutrients in my body. Six weeks later, I was pregnant. I mean, it's like, it's just so amazing. You know what else improved when I improved my diet? My skin. My skin issue after 20 years, 20 years of dealing with it, dealing with, I mean, everything you can think of, antibiotics, creams, steroids, major surgery that put me down for like a week. After 20 years of that and doctors finally saying, you know what, there's really no more that we can do for you. We've kind of exhausted all of the possibilities. I completely control my skin condition through my diet now. I don't have it unless I go off the rails. And if I do, it comes back with a raging vengeance. <laughs> um, and it's the same with my belly issues. If I go off the rails, I'm not gonna poop for three days. That's just how it is. I'm not gonna sleep well. I'm gonna get headaches. It's all the reinforcement I need to know that food affects what my body is doing. So when I get questions like, does food affect my eczema? Does food affect my headaches? Does food affect my infertility? Does food affect my joint pain? Does food affect my hot flashes? Does food affect my anxiety? Does food affect my IBS? And so on and so on and so on. Y'all, the answer is yes. Yes to all of the above and more. If food is not the actual root cause of your problem, which it often is, then it definitely can be making it worse. And this applies to you, it applies to your spouse, it applies to your child, it applies to your parent, it applies to all people. Food affects everything from your brain to your bunion, okay, head to toe. And that's the first thing that we have to realize. We have to make this connection that food directly affects what's going on in the body. And once you know that, you can start figuring out what might be triggering your problems. So you might be thinking, okay, okay, if that's the case, where do I start? So I wanna give you some basic ground rules, okay? These were the ones I started with and had the most impact right away. So no matter if you want a flatter belly, better skin, more energy, or something else, any of these other conditions that I've talked about, um, these little simple tips apply to you. And number one is to drink half of your body weight in ounces of water. That means take whatever you weigh, divide it in half, and drink that many ounces of water per day, okay? You may have heard this, maybe you know this, but the question is, are you doing it? That's the problem. A lot of people know this, but they're not actually putting it on, into practice on a daily basis. Your body is like 60% water and it has just got to have enough pure, clean water flowing through. So that is just a true foundation. Make sure you're getting enough water. The next thing that you wanna make sure you're doing, you wanna change your oil. We kinda of sound like an engine right now, right? Water and oil. And the body is like an engine and we have to put the right things in. So I want you to go to your pantry. I want you to throw out any vegetable oil that you have in there, including corn oil, canola oil, grapeseed oil, safflower oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil. Check your salad dressings because those usually have canola or cottonseed or soy, um, soybean oil. 
Um, in fact, you need to read labels because lots of packaged foods have these oils in them. You know, packaged foods in general are not gonna be great for you. And so it's because they have a lot of these poor ingredients um, in them. And these oils that I mentioned that I want you to get rid of, they are highly inflammatory and they will sock it to you wherever you are genetically predisposed for inflammation. So for me, those oils will make my skin condition come back, okay? That's where I'm genetically predisposed. If you're genetically predisposed to bad joints, it'll suck it to you there, okay? And listen, any inflammation can cause you to hold on to weight. Did you know that your body stores toxin in its fat cells? This is your body's way of protecting you. It keeps the toxins away from your vital organs. Isn't that cool? And so the more toxic we are, um, for one, the body can create more fat cells to suck those toxins away, but also the body does not want to, um, you know, release weight because of the toxins. It's got to protect you from those toxins. Your body is so cool, y'all. It's doing all of these things for you. Like we're hating on our bodies because we feel overweight when really it's trying to protect you. Um, just remember that your body is always on your side. Um, but yeah, these, um, this inflammation can make you hold on to weight. Toxins will make you hold on to weight. So you want to make sure that you're using um, the best oils for your engine. And those are going to be things like extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, um, real butter, um, not margarine. You don't want to use that. It's so fake. And just keep in mind that most restaurants, um, for sure fast food restaurants, but most restaurants are using these inflammatory oils because they're cheap. They're cheap oils. And restaurants, unfortunately, are not so much worried about your health as their bottom line, right? They're in it to make money, not watch out for your health. And so they're going to use these cheaper oils to, um, to cook their foods. And so you have to remember that almost every time you eat out, you're going to likely get a hit of these oils. And so what I recommend to people is just, um, you know, one cooking at home is always going to give you more control over your food. And so cook at home as much as you can and be sure to just, you know, be very committed to using these healthy ingredients at home, these healthy oils so that, you know, I know you're going to go out to eat. We're all going to go out to eat and we can't be perfect, you know, but we have a lot more control at home. So control your oils at home. If you get some of these bad oils here and there at restaurants, you know, your body can deal with some of that if you're getting the good stuff most of the time. So I don't, you know, once you, at first when I learned all this stuff, I just totally freaked out. I went to my favorite Mexican food restaurant and my kids were eating the chips and all I could see was their cell membranes because they're so, so bad for your cell membranes. I was like, your cell membranes, they're being ruined. <laughs> you know, I was so stressed out. I relaxed a little bit, a little, a little bit. Um, and I will eat, you know, some tortilla chips at my favorite Mexican restaurant. But just know that, just know that those oils at restaurants are inflammatory. You have to watch out for those. Okay. And the other major biggie that I did in that I recommend to most people, all people, if you have any kind of health issue going on, is to give up wheat. I know you don't wanna hear that, but I have to tell you, I mean, if you have any anything going on, any kind of health issue, anything that I've mentioned today or otherwise, 
doing a wheat-free experiment can be um, really telling, really helpful. I would tell you to do an all-out gluten-free experiment, um, but that overwhelms a lot of people. So if you just kind of start with wheat, it's that's a good place to start. I mean, wheat can be so aggravating to your body. When I think of wheat, <laughs> I think of this rap song. It goes, ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Do y'all know that song? In case you didn't know, I've got a little hood in me. And sometimes my hood might come out here. But um, the reason that it reminds me, that wheat reminds me is of that song is because there are some major G things that we have to think about when it comes to wheat. And the big one, of course, I already mentioned is gluten, right? So gluten, what it is, it's a family of proteins that are just generally speaking, really hard on the body to process, okay? It's just hard on the body. It can be very inflammatory. And again, we're trying to cut out these, um, these roots of inflammation. So it's a big one, um, cutting out the gluten. And then another G thing we got to think about with wheat and um, gluten is gliadin. Gliadin's kind of like a class under the gluten, but gliadin is a type of protein which is like a food-based opioid, okay? When we think of opioids, we think of addiction, right? Bingo. So if you've ever felt addicted to bread, if you're a binge eater or your kid is like addicted to cereal and macaroni and cheese and bread and only wants to eat like bready things, these food-based opioids can be the reason, okay? Gliadin, it's got this addictive component to it and it's also an appetite stimulator. And I don't know about you, but I don't need no help in that department, okay? I got way, I got me a good healthy appetite and I don't need wheat increasing it. And so the gliadin in the wheat, in the gluten family, that's what it does, y'all. It's what it does. And the final G thing we have to think about when it comes to wheat is glyphosate. Glyphosate is an herbicide. It's used to kill weeds, but the residue is often found in wheat products. Actually, it's found in a lot of packaged products in general. So if you're eating a lot of packaged products, if you're eating a lot of wheat products, and wheat is often found in packaged products, um, you're likely getting some of this um, toxic residue in your system, all right? And remember what I said about toxins earlier and how your fat cells store them and how your body does not want to release weight when you have, you know, these toxins. So that's a major problem. So wheat is just not helpful on any level. It's really, really not. If you've never tried to go without it for at least two to three weeks, I highly recommend it. I mean, longer would be better, like four to six weeks, but um, any time that you could go without it would be, could be helpful and very telling. Um, I can't tell you how many people notice an incredible difference in their health when they do it. And some people, quite frankly, um, they don't even realize it until they add it back in, until they have cut wheat from their diet. And they might be like, I don't really notice anything. And then they add it back in and what bam, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, they got stomach, their stomach issues came back or their joint pain came back or their migraines came back or their skin issues flared up. Now, the thing with skin, y'all, is it can be very difficult to pinpoint foods with skin because 
skin's kind of like the last frontier. Like things have to kind of work their way through your body and, you know, till they finally make their way through the system to your skin. And so it can be three to four days before you see something like maybe gluten affecting your skin. Um, it's just really hard to pinpoint foods with skin issues unless it's like an acute thing, like you get hives, you know, something like that. But, um, but don't doubt, you know, that it definitely could be the wheat, the gluten. Again, it's one of the things that affects me. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about the way that a wheat or a gluten issue um, might affect somebody. Most people just associate it with belly trouble, you know, like belly issues. Um, but really, it can really just manifest itself um, that way in about one in eight people, you know. So the other people, other people will experience a wheat sensitivity, gluten sensitivity, and these other ways I've already mentioned, you know, joints, head, skin, there's just, you know, brain fog, there's all kinds of ways that you could experience um, a wheat problem. So um, generally speaking, it's just not good for you. And I mean, if you're looking def to deflate your belly, I mean, get rid of the wheat. There's a reason there's a whole book <laughs> called Wheat Belly, right? And in fact, it's probably in my top five nutrition books of all time. It's one I read very early on. And it's just, it was really impactful for me. Um, I have two aunts who have celiac disease, celiac condition. And so I know that it's in my family and I played with, you know, going gluten-free on and off over the years. But, you know, it's all, all of these issues I've told you about. Um, but the, the kick in the pants that really helped me was reading Wheat Belly. I was like, uh -uh, I don't want any part of that. Uh-uh. So if you need some motivation, I highly recommend that book. Okay, so those are kind of the biggies. Some, you know, some of those, they're very broad, you know, get enough water, change your oils, and give up wheat um, if you haven't already, or at least do an experiment where you give it up for a while. Um, I know that might sound kind of basic, and there's many more things that we could go into, but you've got to kind of get those basics under your belt. Um, now, a lot of you likely know, you didn't hear me mention, like, don't eat processed foods. Well, you did hear me mention that, you know, or, you know, sugar is not good for you. I'm assuming that you know that maybe I should not. Many of us know it, that, you know, packaged processed foods that are basically created in a factory, um, you know, there's a lot of things in there that our body doesn't recognize. That is going to set off all kinds of al alarms in the body. Um, so, yeah you know, processed foods are not going to be your friend or be helpful. Sugar is going to create inflammation. So those are some biggies um, to definitely get rid of. But most people, like I said, most people are kind of aware of that. It's just basically applying that. If you want more help with that, um, you know, I have the ebook, The Sugar Detox for Christians, which is um, a 21-day sugar detox, and it has um, a scripture it's scripture based and um, it just takes you through kind of all the reasons it's daily support while you're doing a sugar detox. So that can be helpful. Um, but anyway, these other big three things were just kind of the things I even started with. And I saw a huge, huge improvement in my health. And, you know, of course, there are so many more things that we could dive into here and we will. We will in future podcasts. I am just, I'm so happy that I'm going to have more time with you here to do that. Um, we'll get into the specifics about skin and IBS and hormones and thyroid and all the things. 
But I've got to tell you, these basics apply across the board. So if you haven't gotten these down yet, the more specifics may not help. Um, and like I said, these were the big things that I did first, and there's definitely more to layer on, but you got to get your base layer down. I can't even tell you um, how much better I feel in my 40s than I did in my 20s. I just think on one level, that's just so crazy and miraculous, you know, all those things that I would thought that I would have to live with for forever were gone once I changed the foods I put into my body. And that is why I am so freaking passionate about this, y'all, about getting this message to you. I mean, I have seen the way it's changed my body and I've seen the way it's changed other people's bodies and their lives, you know? It's just, I can't even stand it if you are not living your life to the fullest capacity because of a health issue or a body confidence issue, you know? Something that could be improved or even reversed with different food and lifestyle choices. And it all comes back to living that abundant life, you know, and it's really hard to do that when you're distracted by digestive problems or headaches or anxiety or skin issues or whatever it may be. We have to honor our holy temples so that we can get out into the world and be everything God created us to be and just enjoy this absolute fullest blessing of the life that we've been given. All right, y'all, I thank you for being with me today. And I just want to take a moment to thank you for all of the wonderful feedback you've been giving me about the podcast. I, I think, you know, I've been a little nervioso <laughs> about it. Um, just anxious about it and hearing that you've enjoyed it or it's helped, you know, just gives me so in much encouragement to keep going. And I'd love it if you jabez it for me. And by jabez it, I'm referring to the prayer of Jabez, and which is specifically referring to increasing territory. And I just want to reach more people um, with this message to teach, to encourage. And so if you know somebody that it would help or that might enjoy it and doesn't mind my, you know, hoodiness or, <laughs> or my TMI or whatever it may be, um, share it with a friend, you know, or what would be great is if you leave a review in iTunes because other people we'll be able to see it in the system more, the more reviews it has. And just go there and tell me what you want to hear more about. Like, you know, what kind of topics would you like to learn more of? I'd love, love, love to cover those. Um, so thanks, y'all. Thanks so much. That's it for today. Um, until next time, have a healthy and blessed week. See you next time. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.